Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Now, if you think about all the different choices you have on the various platforms, and then, you know, you mentioned creators, for example, I'm like, we just embrace that, right? Like what, now I work with the NFL. We work with the best creators out there who have an authentic connection to our game. And, you know, we're creating things and, and sort of giving over the, the sort of the power of the creativity to them, right? So we don't, we don't try to control everything. We actually create authentic relationships that, that sort of have trust built into them. And then we allow the creators to do their thing and to connect to audiences in their own way. And that's just, my goodness, I mean, you talk about um, scale. We, it's, it's enabled us to reach audiences that we just couldn't do through traditional TV. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Marketing Vanguard podcast. I'm Jenny Rooney with Adweek, and I am so thrilled today to be with Tim Ellis, CMO of the NFL. This is a special edition, arguably, because obviously um, there's a there's a little bit of a game coming up soon, Tim, that we're going to be talking about. Um, I would argue it's a quite a busy time for you at the moment. Oh yeah, no, we are uh, we're getting close. Uh, two uh, two weeks and some change, and we'll be there for the big game in Vegas. It's going to be super exciting. Amazing. So so I mean, look, the um, let's just kick kick it off. Um, pun intended. Um, you know the 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 NFL viewership is insane. Talk a little bit about the numbers because it's on fire. Yeah, you know, um, I think everyone's been predicting the. The sort of like that 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 we're that we're probably at some point going to stop defying gravity, right? In terms of bringing in uh, viewers and being able to expand into digital platforms, uh, and it's just been really exciting and encouraging to see that, even though there continues to be you know drop off in linear TV, um, we are still getting audiences like we have 10, 20 years ago. So, um, and in some aspects, we're actually building upon those audiences. So I think, listen, the, I think the, the content has been terrific. Um, I think that uh, the, the partnerships that we have formed with partners like YouTube, YouTube TV and Amazon, uh, you know, uh, there's several of our, our core partners that have expanded into some of the digital platforms as well, uh, like NBC as an example. And I think that, that that's helped us um, you know, bring people in, bring younger audiences in, uh, and continue to really dominate the the landscape, the sports landscape. Um, and it's, you know, from my perspective, obviously, I think marketing has something to do with it as well. You know, I think we've we've done a lot of work to 
connect with people on a different level and bring in audiences that the NFL has not seen in previous years. Uh, like, you know, well, I'll let you, I'll let you probe on that, but uh, it's, it's been a real exciting journey. I've been with the NFL now a little over five years. So um, I think, you know, it was a real blessing to be able to come here at the time that I did. Well, let's go. We're going to come back to the marketing shift um, and the, and the, the strategy that you've put in place. But let's take a minute to to go back to exactly what you just referenced is, um, frankly, you and your career. Let's bring everybody up to speed, Tim, with, you know, you've had such a storied career as a um, chief marketer. Obviously, as you said, you've been um, at the NFL for five years. But before that, you're the CMO of Activision. You spent time, of course, in leadership roles in marketing at Volkswagen and Volvo. Talk a little bit about, just share with our listeners a little bit about your journey and, and what brought you to this place. Yeah, you know, I, I became a client. Um, wow, let's see. <laughs> it's been a while now, I guess about 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started out in the agency world. I, I started Not out, unlike a lot of CMOs, yeah. Yeah, I started out, uh, I spent many of my you know early years at Goodby Silverstein and Partners. Mm-hmm. Actually, at the time when it was Goodby Berlin and Silverstein. Mm. Um, and I think I, I learned what greatness was really all about and how to get there. From very early years, I really focused on how do you really take consumer insight and you know, blend that with just great creativity, right? And creativity that just inspires. And then how do you take execution to a, to a whole other level? Mm-hmm. I think I learned that it, it could be. And they were always very, you know, sort of strategic, um, highly creative uh, marketers there. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, and then when I w- went overseas and I worked for 12 years in Sweden, I really, you know, it was great because it was a, it was a way for me, like, how do you create something special, something uh, highly creative that travels, right? Mm-hmm. Because mo- most of what you see in international advertising and marketing is just vanilla, right? To try to want a one size fits all and it doesn't really connect with anyone. And so I really wanted to do work that would be powerful across cultures and across different regions of the world. And we did that when I was there. I did that on the agency side, and then ultimately I went over, when I was working for Volvo, I went over to the client side, and we were doing work that was being heralded by the industry as some of the best work, you know, in the world. And that and that proved to me that it could be done, um, and that also just excited me to, you know, want to continue my career as a CMO and ultimately go back to the U.S. where I, where I headed up Volkswagen. What I mean, what learnings from those things? Uh, you know, obviously the the working in the car industry and then going to um, gaming, right? I mean, you've had a diverse diverse. Um, obviously, starting at agencies, kind of what is what have you pulled forward? Um, you've touched on some things around the creativity, obviously that you experienced at the agency side, but um, specific to those other categories, what have you been able to pull through to the NFL? Well, well, certainly with the international work, it was really about how do you how do you humanize the brands and how do you identify the things that connect us all, right? And then, and then of course, how do you tap into that in a powerful way, in a powerful human way? Um, I think you know things like um, vulnerability, as an example. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's a human condition; we're all vulnerable. Uh, I think identifying ways to do that. Um, that really, you know, get people to, to, to stand up and pay attention and to, 
think differently mm-hmm. about about your messages. Um, and so, you know, a lot of that work was done without dialogue, as an example. So finding ways to visually, um, you know, create powerful messages and campaigns and, you know, uh, you know, connect with people at, at, on a mass scale uh, in a way that doesn't depend on verbal dialogue, right? That, that in itself, I think I've cared for. If you look at a lot of the work that I've done over the years uh, at the various brands, a lot of that stuff is visually very powerful. Mm. Not that there isn't, that, that there aren't core messages, powerful messages behind it. There are, but uh, a lot of that work has been um, highly visual, highly emotive. Share um, an example, you know. uh, just as your mind runs through. Um, well, probably one of the best examples, of course, is uh, Mini Darth Vader, right? The Force, yep. right? Was, which is, I don't know, I guess that's one it's of right the, where my mind went. Yeah, you know, talking about Super Bowl, uh, that's that's certainly one of the most memorable ads in our industry. And that, you know, if you look at that ad, it was, it was very iconic, but there was no dialogue. Yeah. The whole thing is like this, this little boy who everybody could identify with. You never saw his face. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, going about the house and ultimately outside to the Volkswagen trying to bring it to, to life. Um, it's like a moving and, picture. I mean, that truly. Yeah, it was yeah. just like, you know, visually, it was, and visually it was beautiful, right? It was mm-hmm. shot you know, in a gorgeous manner, but it really got down. You were sort of through the eyes of this child. You were behind this kid as he like, he went through the the various sort of challenges. He had to bring things to life. And then ultimately his, you know, his dad becomes the <laughs> hero and, and uh, it brings the car to life. But he was so mystified by the mad, or he was so delighted by the magic. Right. And That's it's right. almost like you That's lived right. through him, this young boy who felt that magic. And then we, as viewers, in turn, felt that magic that came through that that creative, yeah. um, you know. I mean, and then the car plays second, uh, arguably second fiddle to that, but it becomes part of the story. You can't deny oh, it becomes yeah. undeniable as part of that. You magic. were so yeah. enthralled with yeah. you know with the, the storytelling that you know by the time that the car becomes the hero, there you are. You're there, right? Like you're you're you're, you're in. You know, yeah. and you're, you're thinking about that car and that brand in a very different way. It's yep. interesting the the original, the first edit we looked at, um, you know, when the the key fob turned the car on, <laughs> it went to the dad first to show the, the the key fob going on, and then it went to the kid, mm. and just realized like, no, 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 you have to see this come to life through the kid's eyes. Mm-hmm. That and that made a huge change, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, emotionally, in terms of the power of that 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 ad, that moment in the ad. Yeah, uh, remind me what year that was. Oh God, Do you remember? I think it was 2011. Okay, so I mean, obviously, like, listen, I mean, um, the power of creativity is an ongoing conversation among CMOs and among marketers, and and but being able to connect dots between creativity and business growth is, you know, is a is an ongoing conversation that that um, won't go away. Budgets are down. It's super hard, right? It's harder than ever, especially with, fr- frankly, fractured media, um, you know, and yet there's so much more opportunity as well, right? The rise of, yeah. of creators is telling, you know, in, in the storytelling. And how are you sort of regarding, because, I mean, to talk about 2011 as an example, and then where, where we are now in 2024, you know, listen, this industry has gone through so many changes, so many iterations. That's what makes it exciting, but it's also what makes it so challenging, sort of. What's your best advice to to your peers who are dealing with both the challenges but the opportunities and navigating those? Because obviously that all comes comes back to you now 
in, and we can get back to the marketing strategy you're employing at NFL, to really figure out how to navigate and simplify at a time when it's never been more complex? Yeah, I mean, listen, a lot of marketers today, they sort of like, they moan about, you know, the, the, the challenges and the complexities and the difficulties of focus, right? Because there's just a myriad of choices out there for our audiences. I, I think you just have to embrace it, right? I mean, of course you need focus, you know, um, but I think you have to embrace it because there are so many opportunities, right? And I think that, you know, back in 2011, still, we were, even though, interestingly enough, um, one of the biggest stories around the force was that we put it on the internet before the game, right? That's and at right. that time, that was that was not conventional wisdom. Yep. You always waited to debut your creative in the game. Mm -hmm. But I really believed in the power of that ad. I thought it would go viral on YouTube, and that's exactly what happened. So we put it out there, you know, on a Wednesday, and by the time that the Super Bowl and set forth around. a trend that continued yep. to this yep. day. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but, and, 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 you know, and now if you think about all the different choices you have in the various platforms, and then, you know, you mentioned creators, for example, I'm like, we just embrace that, right? Like what now I work with the NFL, um, we work with the best creators out there who have an authentic connection to our game. And, you know, we're creating things and, and sort of giving over the, the sort of the power of the creativity to them, right? So we don't, we don't try to control everything. We actually create um, authentic relationships that, that sort of have trust built into them. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we allow the creators to do their thing and to connect to audiences in their own way. And that's just, my goodness, I mean, you talk about um, scale. Mm. We, it's, it's enabled us to... Um, reach audiences that we just couldn't do through through traditional uh, TV. I mean, like the NFL, you talked about the digital platforms, but still, of course, a lot of our audiences are reached through linear TV. Yeah. But but it's difficult to reach some of the most important audiences that we have, particularly our younger audiences, through that through Absolutely. that media, right through those channels. Yeah. So our all of the work that we are doing um, around creators and some of the influencers that work with us is really helping us do things that we just could have never done before, mm -hmm. right? And, and of course, our audiences trust these folks more than they do, more than they do us. And so to have them in an authentic way, um, you know, express their love for the game and um, their, you know, sort of their, their passion for the brand has really helped us be more successful. So let's go back to the stats. I started with those. Um, NFL, yeah. according to Nielsen, NFL divisional round games averaged uh, 40 million viewers. That's the highest divisional round average audience on record. Um, the Chiefs-Bills game on CBS averaged 50.4 yeah, million viewers. 50.4 is nuts. The most watched divisional or wild card game on record. Yep. Um, so, you know, obviously you mentioned, um, you know, you mentioned – Obviously, way more people are watching across all networks um, and demographics. But talk a little bit about that too. What you're seeing from um, in terms of the, the you know the new audiences that are being brought in and where you're seeing them. Yeah, I mean we we focus on audiences that we're going to need tomorrow and not just today, mm. right? Yep. So it would be very easy to say, hey, look, we have this great sort of um, massive audience that, you know, for the most part is 35 plus who are watching our games. We don't need to worry about all those 15 year olds and 18 year olds, or we don't need to worry about, 
this, you know, this Latino segment, for example, right now, we can worry about that later. But, but I, I really, I've been ringing a bell of urgency about those audience since the day I walked in to mm-hmm. the building. Like we absolutely have to embrace those audiences and connect with them, speak to them powerfully now, which will help us today, but certainly help us in the future. Right. Like, so I, I kind of felt like I'm here to sort of do everything in my power to make the NFL more relevant and more interesting to a wide variety of audiences. Um, but I'm also here to future-proof the league, right? Um, regardless of how long I'll be here at the league, I want to ensure that 10, 20 years down the road that we are as powerful, if not more powerful, than we are today. And so I, you know, I spend a lot of time thinking and working toward bringing in these young audiences. I also believe that, and also the multicultural, taking the multicultural approach, particularly with our um, with our, our Latino segment. Yeah, let's talk about that. So yeah. um, Tele, Televisa Univision will be airing the Super Bowl. For the um, first time, yeah. For the first time yeah. in Spanish. Talk about that. Well, you know, why, why did that make sense as the Spanish language partner for Super Bowl 58? Well, I mean, it's the fastest growing segment in our country. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can start there. Um, and I think, you know, when... When those audiences feel that you're really authentically, you know, doing everything you can to connect with them, right? Mm-hmm. It's very meaningful. And we've seen that, right? So we, and we've incorporated Latino culture in everything that we do. And, and so we, do, we don't apply that only to specific sort of channels or segments. We also, you could talk about Univision, but if you look at all of our mainstream marketing and advertising, we've, we've woven through uh, Spanish language and um, Spanish representation uh, mm-hmm. through everything. Right, mm-hmm. like the, the last year's Super Bowl ad, for example, was half in Spanish. Right, yeah. the ad was, and we had a Latina from Mexico, uh, captain of the Mexican flag football team, was the star of our commercial. So it was the first time the NFL had ever yeah. put a female as the lead role in a football commercial, um, and it was the first time that we'd ever, you know, had most of the ad in Spanish. So, so let's talk about that. I mean, a lot of marketers. What would be you know, what's some advice or perspective you could give other marketers? Because especially when it comes to, um, you know, um, tapping into that culture in a really authentic way, many marketers may not even know where to begin, you know, and to figure out how to do that in a meaningful way. Um, we'll talk a little bit about your journey and how that yeah, I think, has come to fruition. You know, it's about modernity and um, sort of driving cultural change, right? So, if you think about a multicultural approach that we're taking right now, um, I mean, the NFL has so much influence and power in this country. You know, you talked about the, the audiences that, that come in to, to, to watch our games. Mm-hmm. We know that, you know, we have a role outside being an entertainer, right? We're, we are, we feel like we're a cultural leader and that's an important responsibility. So a lot of the things that we're doing, we feel are just creating a more modern expression of, uh, of a, a timeless brand. You know, the mm-hmm. NFL has been around over a hundred years, as you know. Yeah. And so I think, I think the things that we do, people pay attention to, yeah. I think they're influenced by, even if they don't realize they're being influenced by that. <laughs> so I think, so I think that by not sort of splintering our communication and saying, okay, this is only going to go to this group and this is only going to go to that group. Of course we target, of course we, you know, have special messaging to individuals and to segments 
But to have a very strong, modern, multicultural approach to everything that we do, mm-hmm. I think it's just helped us create a modern brand and helped us sort of inspire people. I love right? that. And I think that that's one of the reasons that not only are we bringing in our more mature segments uh, in, in bigger numbers than we've ever seen before, but for the first time in, I don't know, at least 10 years, we're actually growing our youth segment. We're growing our Latino segment. We're growing our female segment, right? So, so I got to um, ask the question. I got to yeah. ask the question, Tim. You have a, a new lover of football this season. Oh, yeah. Taylor Swift. Yeah. How are you leaning into? How are you acknowledging the Taylor Swift effect? How how you know? How are you quantifying it? How are you thinking about it as an organization? Well, I can tell you, it's a balance, right? Because if you if you like you know if you put too much pressure on that, it <laughs> tends tends to annoy people. Yeah. So you know, I mean, obviously, it's a, a blessing for me. I'm a Swifty, by the way. I'm yeah, a big fan. So I think she's fabulous. I think, I she's think she is too. Incredibly she's, smart. Yeah. She's very smart. Yeah. She's an incredible role model for for young people. Um, and she's an authentic fan. I mean, she hasn't been a fan all that long, but you can see her. She she knows the game. She understands uh, what's, you know, the, the game now, which is terrific. Yeah. Um, and she is bringing in scores and scores of people who before have never watched or engaged with, with, with NFL. Yeah. So we're, listen, we, we obviously capture, you know, her and everyone around her. And obviously the family, the Kelsey family, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we we capture all that and bring it to our audiences. Um, and we also, when those audiences come in, we're like we're very, I think, very tactfully providing content which helps them, you know, enjoy and understand the game better. Yeah. Like we have, I mean, I, I hesitate to use the word educational, but I mean, in, in essence, that's what it is. Like we have a lot of content, particularly on TikTok, which is helping a lot of these audiences understand the game because if you if you grew up with a game you know exactly what's going on but most people don't realize that football is actually kind of a, a complex game very strategic so yeah. and like if you don't know much about the game and you watch you're like what the hell is going yeah. on here like you know people stop and start and they all jump on each other and then they get up again and like you know you don't really know what's going down it's yeah. not like basketball you throw the, <laughs> you throw the ball to the hoop so um so anyway, so I, th- I think that, you know, we've done a lot of work to embrace them, to acknowledge and, um, you know, clearly show that we're happy that they're there. But then also my job, our job is to keep them there, right? So That's the thing. And know. I think that's the important n- note, um, which is, you know, she may have gotten them there. But, you know, right. but then it's as a marketer, quite frankly, what do you then do with that? Because, you know, and it's it's sort of acknowledging them and respecting them and being there right. for them. Yeah. Um, to to have them continue on that journey and that and that love of football. Yeah, because obviously the longer the more that you engage, the more you enjoy, you know, the experience, yep. right? You yep. more that you enjoy the game. So if you have a favorite team, if you have a series of, you know, favorite players, then you're just going to enjoy the game more, right? Cuz not only do you understand it, but now you're bought in emotionally yep. with uh, your team or or the players. So we we know like obviously we have a lot of insight here into like what brings a fan in and what retains a fan. Um, and we use that knowledge um, as, as people come in. Now, now it's a little bit different than uh, a lot of the, the things that we've seen traditionally. Like, what I mean by that is that we know that if we don't get a fan by the time they're 18, you're unlikely to get them afterwards. Mm. Right? In fact, it's, it's almost impossible. Um, you know, we don't really have an acquisition strategy for a 34-year-old. 
So, <laughs> so you know, this is a little bit different because some of these um, young people who have come in with Taylor Swift are over the age of 18. Yeah. So, so that, again, that kind of goes against a lot of what we've learned in the past. But the things that we have learned in terms of do you have a favorite team? Do you have a f- second favorite team? And do you have favorite players? Those are the things which sustain loyalty for the long run. Yeah, right? absolutely. So, so we do a lot to sort of to, uh, to, to see people, to understand them, you know, on, a, on an individual, intimate level, mm-hmm. and then to have a meaningful engagement with them. And so, uh, and, I, and I go back to what I said earlier about, hey, you know, if if everything now is this sort of a, you know, splintering and there's so many, a myriad of all these choices, well, like, we'll embrace that. You know, find ways to have mass intimacy with all these people mm-hmm. and, you know, bring them in and, 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 you know, get them for the long run. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Um, so talk a little bit about more about how you're working with um, with TV networks to market the NFL and specific teams, and, and what are some examples of where you've had the most success? Well, well, first of all, I think getting the organization to understand the power of you know, sort of the strategy I coined when I first came here was the helmets off strategy, which quite frankly is exactly what it sounds like. Get the helmets off the players, have them be sort of at the forefront of everything that we do, um, get behind what players care about, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which will, in, which will, in essence, sort of humanize the players more, humanize yeah. the league, yes, right? And and it allows you to have a more powerful human storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I think that one of the things I'm most proud of here is that that has infiltrated the entire organization throughout throughout here at the league, but also the 32 teams. And then increasingly so with all of our partners, whether they be you know broadcast um, or digital partners or corporate partners, for example. So everything that we're doing now has recognized that that Helmsoft strategy is really you know keeping people closer to the NFL, caring about the individual stories of the of the players of the teams, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just really helped us create a more emotional connection you know, with, with, our, with our fans. Love and that. so, and, and, and quite frankly, it's helped us um, get rid of some of that tension. I think that was there between uh, the league and the players yeah. uh, as well as some of our, you know, core supporters and partners. I mean, the entertainment industry, the music industry, there was a time when, you know, there was a lot of tension between the league and them. And I think that I've, I've really worked hard to sort of, you know, have a more open constructive dialogue 
uh, and to learn and to listen to sort of like through sort of open heart, open heart listening to sort of like together create things that we couldn't do before and to mm. be on the same page when it came to how we were going to um, go to market. So creating that level of trust with all of our ambassadors as well as all of our internal um, partners and certainly the people within the NFL has really helped us be consistently more sort of powerful in everything that we do. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I love that. And then, and then having the courage to sort of, you know, admit mistakes, uh, having the, the willingness to talk about complex, tough issues, right? Yep. Not sort of going away from those things. Uh, and as I said a little bit earlier, like dare to be a cultural leader as well. Like, I mean, like this year, and we know it's going to be a very divisive year with the political election coming up. We are now for the sort of the, you know, third time in a row when, when there was a big election, we're going to have a big campaign about get out the vote, right? And yeah. obviously we don't care about which side you vote for, yep. but we're, we're leveraging the power of the league to encourage people to exercise their right to vote. Yeah. And that's what we can do. We have facilities in our 32 stadiums. We're allowing people to come and sign up to vote and then to actually at the polls to vote as well. So um, I think that, that that's very important. We're, we're consistently talking about issues around race and about um, the importance of, uh, you know, positive behavior of our young people. Like this year, I'm taking two of our three ads and we're talking about mental health and anti-bullying, right? Yeah. So there are things that we, that we know impact and affect all Americans. Um, and we're using sort of our influence and our power in like working closely with our our, our, our players and having them be the voice of the NFL on these very important issues that I think affect us all. I, I mean, that's so important. I mean, it's the power of the platform and acknowledging that. And I mean, I, you know, we talk to marketers all the time who say they, they acknowledge the impact they have and the, and the, um, the force they can have in, in um, creating platforms for conversation, right. Mm-hmm. And, and affecting change. Um, you mentioned the flag football, women's flag football, you know, that's on the rise and that ad last year, You've been super involved. The NFL's been super involved. Obviously, women's flag football is going to be an Olympic sport in 28. Um, you know, that's right. And that's how all have things happened. changed? Yeah. That's all happened. And, and like, you know, the power of, a, a power of a strong team and the power of working across all disciplines of an organization and, again, together with your partners, I think that's a perfect example of that. So we did that one big ad, you know, but then that was just sort of like a big expression of a, of a much – deeper strategy like we're we've been working to get flag into the olympics and now here we are in 2028 la Mm -hmm. olympics is we're going to have flag for the first time we are getting flag football for women sanctioned in states across the country right dozens of states now have pilots and soon will be sanctioned so girls flag football will be in high schools across this country that's huge Huge. right it's one of the absolutely one of the fastest i think it is the fastest growing sport right now Mm. amongst females that changes people's lives that changes (laughs) people's lives and gets them involved gives them choice and let's face it flag football is much more inclusive right yeah and and, and much more accessible to to people so it's offering a choice but it's also growing the sport in a meaningful way which again is attuned to the things i talked earlier about as it relates to um, inclusion and equality and diversity, those, these are all things that are sort of, that we're building and enhancing through these programs. Amazing. And I know we're, we're short on time. There's so many other questions I'd love to ask you, Tim. Um, but I guess I'll have to wrap it with, what are you most looking forward to in the big game? And uh, 
Can you say who you'll be rooting for? Or is that completely? Oh, I can't tell. I definitely anathema. can't. I mean, you know, everybody <laughs> thinks that we script the whole, you know, thing anyway. So, like, so you're, I'm surprised you didn't ask me who's going to win. Um, so, uh, listen, our, 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 you know, I told you about the other two ads we're going to do in the Super Bowl. The the other, uh, it's a two minute ad that we're doing this year, right after Usher uh, goes on and uh, performs, is going to be about our international expansion program. So, mm-hmm. another exciting thing happening in the NFL, which, you know, I'm, I'm playing a pretty big role in as well, is like, how do you develop this brand outside the U.S.? Yeah. Right. How do you how do you uh, encourage flag football and tackle football uh, in, in, in countries as far out as you know, Africa? So the the our ad this year will be actually takes place in Ghana, West Africa. Wow. I just came back a few days ago. Uh, we, we were a week there with our core partner, 72 and Sunny, and I think I think we've created something that's going to be um, really powerful, and it's all about our international pathway program, which is helping young players develop and get to into football back here in the states. Mm. Um, and it's really, I think, it's enhancing the game. It's giving our fans a you know a greater game with all these amazing players throughout the world. Uh, and so I think you know that for me is exciting because as strong as this brand is here in the in this country, yeah. and of course, there's still a lot we want to do here. But like, just imagine if we begin to create a more powerful expression and um, you know, sort of participation of football throughout the rest of the world. Wow, I mean, that's pretty exciting. So much there, so yeah. much to be excited about. Um, congratulations on all you've accomplished, and and we will be watching um, eagerly to see what continues to unfold under your marketing leadership at the NFL. Thank you, Tim, so much for being here. Thank you, Jenny. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to Marketing Vanguard, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Jordan Pretano, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGibney at Batwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.